It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we got a fantastic show today, and uh, my great producer, Noah Dingley, and my great co-host, Michelle Cooley, is here. Noah, you, I, if I don't mention this, you're going to get me because it's Baby Friday, uh, Friday Junior. I don't know. Now you got talking. it right. It's Friday Junior, my friend. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, doing well. It's Thursday, so, uh, you know, I'm excited for Friday, but as you always tell me, you know, we got to concentrate where we're at, and we got a great show, lots of hot topics to talk about. We have to concentrate on hot topics today. You know, we only do that once a month, and and that's Michelle thing. Uh, she's the producer, director. She got us. I can only do you, it once a month. My <laughs> blood pressure can't handle anymore. Yeah, and she 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 got us when it comes to that. And so, how you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great. I am so psyched about hot topics today. We got a great panelist here to um, join in the conversation, and um, I'm ready to go. Uh, I, I, she said, uh, in, 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 in Southern term, we said, re- ready, ready, go, ready to go. And I'm ready to go uh, as well. But, you know, before I, before I start this great show, I want to reach out. And uh, my childhood buddy, a great friend of mine's birthday is today. And, uh, you know, we, we, we graduated at the same time. I'm not going to date myself and give you the, the date, but... Uh, Andrea Meadows Anderson, happy birthday, my friend. I know you locked in on the show. I know you're watching it. Uh, so uh, happy birthday. I want to wish you a happy 16th birthday today. You know, so, <laughs> and we always going to be 16. <laughs> so, uh, but I also, uh, hey, Noah, you know, so, uh, I've been going back. Uh, we are in Texas this week, just like you know. We're not in California this week. I'll be, I'll be in California real soon. Uh, but, um I have started doing my aerobics classes again, step aerobics, and uh, I, I got a couple of folks that are listening on the show, and I, they came in my class, and we did my, my thing. I, I, I used to be the fitness buff uh, back in the day, and I remember them from like 12 years ago, and I want to uh, thank uh, Kimberly and Latoya uh, for joining in, and uh, we had such a wonderful time. And uh, Glad you're back on that. <laughs> man, I'm back on that, man, because uh, just like I've been telling you, I do my six, seven miles every day. I have to, man. I'm trying not to be a fat boy. And uh, I have lost about 30, 35 pounds over the last four or five months, and I'm feeling good. Yeah, most and- of our conversations, you're on the hike as, uh, as we're usually speaking. <laughs> I got to do, do the hike every single day. So I want to thank these great ladies uh, for uh, uh joining me today and Noah, you know i just listened to uh andrea's show with you and uh and uh she mentioned something about banana pudding dude yeah i've never tried it but it sounds so good andrea is telling you the truth and andrea i i I hope you give me some of that when you bring it in some of that banana pudding uh because i i believe that i'm the best banana pudding maker in the business oh wow (laughs) now i smell competition Uh, uh, no comp. That's uh, you know. You guys not, can both make it, and I'll eat both of them. How's that? <laughs> oh, a- absolutely. But uh, that was that was great conversation, Andrea. That was absolutely fantastic. You know, but no, I want to get this show started, and I want our listening audience to know that we're talking about hot topics, and Michelle's going to introduce these hot topics in a minute. But if you want to be part of this conversation. Which I think everybody should be. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. One thing I want everybody to know: this is not a partisan thing. Uh, and Noah, you know, I'm not left and I'm not I'm not right. I'm in the middle. Yeah, you and, and I so, have a very familiar conversation uh, on and off again, and that's one thing I, I love <laughs> about you. Um, you know, and I'm somewhat 
con- conservative. Actually, I do lean that way. But at the end of the day, it's it's not about political party for me. It's about what what makes sense. What you know, God has put in my heart, and you and I share that commonality. And that's what I'm talking about. So, uh, listen, audience, uh, no partisan. Just tell how you feel. If that's how you feel, you do it. But we got three great panelists. And Michelle, first of all. Can you uh, tell our listening audience the purpose of today's show? Yes. The purpose of today's show is to have an open discussion on today's hot topics. Bring insight to our listening audience on how some of these issues and concerns um, regarding these topics and collaborate with our guest panelists and callers on recommendations to solve some of these issues. And I want you to tell our listening audience, what are the three hot topics today? Topic one, COVID cases rising again. Topic two, the great race debate. Topic three, marijuana versus CBD, CBD use in Olympic athletes. Double standard? Uh, well, yeah, we're going to talk about all of these great things. And, but Shelly, uh, you left off Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's going to be like Star Trek when we finish this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michelle, can you please introduce, and Noah, we're going to try to get all of our guests introduced before we start this. And if we have to take a break, we'll, we'll do that. But, Michelle, I want you to introduce each one of these great, great guests. Yes. Panelist number one, Kenny Fikes. Kenny began his career as an options trader in Philadelphia after graduating from the University of Pennsylvania in 1990. In addition to being a portfolio manager of millions of dollars for several clients, he was also the director of operations for a sizable organization where he led 1,600 employees. Mr. Fikes has held various positions in finance, operations, and management. After 18 years of traditional employment, he stepped out as an entrepreneur, venturing into consulting, construction, and transportation. Since 2008, he has built a tremendous wealth of knowledge via consulting with a myriad of small companies, a few large profile companies, municipalities, a major university, and the federal government. Panelist number two, Joshua Goldsmith. Joshua Goldsmith has been a financial consultant and life insurance agent for almost 15 years. His passion is helping people towards achieving financial independence. He started Goldsmith Financial in 2012 and works as an independent consulting, clearing through LPL Financial, the biggest independent broker dealer in the nation. His daughter attends MIT and is studying to become an environmental engineer. He resides in Temecula, California, walks five miles a day with his dog, Coconut, and is a member of the local synagogue honesty integrity and kindness are the main tenets of his life and panelist number three keisha a rivers keisha a rivers survives a harrowing hurricane katrina experience to become a successful speaker change agent and learning leader as president of the cars group ltd she facilitates successful outcomes by equipping people to embrace manage and lead through change leveraging her 15 plus years of experience in the strategic consulting and organizational development space she creates opportunities for change growth and success with clients in a variety of industries keisha hosts a podcast entitled mindset to mastery has authored several books the latest Equipped for change, doing the deep work of transformation, and gives back through her 501c3 nonprofit organization, the Cars Institute. Keisha holds a BA from University of Pennsylvania and an MED from University of New Orleans. The James Cooley Show in July proudly welcomes all three panelists. Wow. You know, hey, I, I want to uh, thank each one of you guys for taking time. You know, we're going to introduce the first question. And we're going to take a station break once we introduce this. But we're going to come back and we're going to really talk about this. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience what the first topic and why are we talking about that today? Yes. Topic one, COVID cases rising again. To prevent further spread of the Delta variant, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated its mask guidance on Tuesday to recommend that fully vaccinated people wear masks indoors when in areas with substantial and high transmission of COVID-19, which includes nearly two-thirds of all U.S. counties. Much of the country remains Remains unvaccinated despite incentive programs and urging from health experts. Only 49.2% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. Question one Do you believe the unvaccinated population are the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery? Okay, so, you know, I'm going to always give my views uh, right away. And first of all, I want our listener audience to know uh, that. I'm like this. I'm never going to tell anybody whether you should take the uh, COVID test or whether you should do this or whether you should do that. I'm going to tell you what 
I believe, this is what I believe, this is what I think, this is how I feel. Uh, I believe that this is a serious issue. And I can tell you now that I am vaccinated. Michelle is vaccinated. And we believe that uh, that's, is Im- that's important. But I also put the ownership on each and every individual to be responsible for the decisions that they make. And uh, however that might be, good, bad, and indifference, we have to live with the decision that we have. And so uh, do I believe the unvaccinated population are the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery? I, I believe that, yes. I believe that uh, over the last, uh, I-, I say the last three weeks, uh, we have had an increase. I mean, just looking at today's uh, in infection, uh, where we're back to having uh, about 64, close to 64,000 folks uh, that, uh, I mean, uh, 64,000 that's been, um, uh, that get the uh, uh, epidemic every day. And we have had a 25% increase in deaths. And so I believe that we all need to think about this. And your decision is on you and, and, and that's how it is. But we're going to take a station break. But when I come back, I am going to talk to each one of these great panelists and get their thoughts on uh, topic number one, COVID cases rising again, Delta variants. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and today we're talking about hot topics and the, the hottest thing that's in the news today, the hottest thing that's in the world is uh, the COVID uh, cases rising again. And, and we're talking about the Delta virus, uh, variants of that. And uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 888 Again, that's one 888 Michelle, I think you asked the question. Can you ask the question again? Yes. Um, the question is, do you believe that unvaccinated population are the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery? Kenny, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm not muted, right? 
So <laughs> no, I, I, I can hear you. <laughs> Great. Well, well, I won't go on a diatribe about the politics of it, but unfortunately, we've arrived in a place where our politics define our decisions on everything from health care to what we believe about the military and what we believe about things that have nothing to do with politics. And so with that said, um, I, I, the first answer is I don't know, because I don't know about the evidence in terms of what what evidence has been shown to us that you are so much less likely to transmit the, the, the um, coronavirus if you're vaccinated. We know that we're less likely to get it, and we're extremely unlikely to become gravely ill and end up on a ventilator if we have the vaccine. But what I really think is, you know, no two things are mutually exclusive. And so it's not so much in my mind are those who are not vaccinated the biggest threat. It is the it is the behavior that goes with the mindset of those who won't get vaccinated. So the the fact that you're not vaccinated alone doesn't mean anything. It, what what is a threat is if you are of the mindset that you should not be vaccinated because you don't believe it because your politics tell you it's a scam, um, and then you're also likely to cough on someone and you're likely to not um, wear a mask in public and you're likely to not take all types of um, protocols and, 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 and interventions and, and whatever we call them from the CDC advice seriously. And so it's the behavior that goes with the mindset of those who are not um, vaccinated. So that could be a little bit circuitous, but yeah, I think they're a huge threat to the rest of us in that regard. Wow. You know, hey, hey Kenny, uh, that was such a fantastic response because I kind of, uh, I believe in what you just said because it is the politics of, of a lot of these things and, and the mindset. So, man, that was such a great answer. Keisha, what are your thoughts on question number one? Do you believe the unvaccinated population are the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery? Well, when you look at, at, at what goes into the recovery effort, um, you know, I, I, I agree with Kenny in terms of it's the mindset because the mindset dictates the behavior. But really, one of the, the issues that we've been dealing with and why we have the vaccine right now in the first place is that our medical system cannot handle people, a whole lot of people being on ventilators, having to be hospitalized. Um, our system just can't handle it. And so you have a global pandemic where people are not social distancing. They're not taking, you know, precautions to, to you know, be, be safe and sanitary. They're not wearing masks. Um, they're not um, keeping to themselves if they happen to be sick. And then they end up having to be on a ventilator. They have, have having to be hospitalized, having to overrun a system that can't help them and can't deal with all of them. And so they're the greatest threat to our, our country being able to service just normally what we have in the in the in health crisis. And so we can't recover if our system is overtaxed. So if you're not if you're not vaccinated and you're not taking precautions, then you're adding to the extension of us being in this situation to begin, you know, for a longer period of time. Josh, what are your opinions on a question about unvaccinated population being the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery? Well, it's a great question, and it's a difficult one uh, because, uh, like Kenny said, the the population uh, relates so much to politics with the, with this pandemic. One thing we've got to realize is this is a global pandemic. This is not just here in the U.S. Uh, you know, this is this is affected in other countries, and and I think it's hitting other countries harder harder than than we are we're a first world country and we're able to deal with it that way but you got to think about all the suffering going on in other countries um are is are they the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery i mean i don't want to make unvaccinated people the enemy because they're our friends they are our brothers and our sisters and our friends out there and you know there shouldn't be an enemy you know what the enemy i think you know is 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 this virus and the bottom line is, and science tells us that the more that the, the, that people come into contact with us, the more it spreads, the more it mutates, and we have to get a grip on it, it spreading. So 
So how do you do that? You take a vaccine. I take a vaccine. I took a vaccine uh, that helps to deter that from happening. And it's going to, uh, it's gonna, you know, we're on a long road because, because uh, you know, to separate that from politics, it's like people don't trust the vaccine because of one reason or another. Um, but yeah, the short answer is yes. Noah, what are your thoughts on question one? Well, my thoughts are uh, much different than the rest of the answers, but that's okay. That's why we're all here to share our answers and learn from one another. Uh, My answer is no. Uh, The unvaccinated population is not the biggest threat to the pandemic recovery. I mean, look, the the samples currently of testing being used of saying, hey, COVID cases are on the rise is heavily skewed with people that are unvaccinated. There are certain people that have been given the vaccine that if they are able to somehow get COVID because some people are still coming down with COVID, they're not necessarily being tested again. So the testing is being skewed. And that's also looking bad for the people that are, quote unquote, unvaccinated. Second point, it's all about individual choice for me. I've said it on the show before. This is America. It has always been about individual choice and personal responsibility. It is nobody else's responsibility but our own to make sure that we are safe, to make sure that we are healthy. It has never been the government's job to do that, and it shouldn't start now. Uh, The biggest threat, what I think the biggest threat is, is government or anybody else withholding proven therapeutics, and there are a number of them that have been proven to actually, in the right dosage, do even a better job than the vaccine. And so that is my answer, that the biggest threat is just that there are certain things being withheld from us as people if we were to get COVID that we could actually use to make ourselves well without actually taking the vaccine if that is our individual choice. Thank you, Noah. Next question. Some states like Nevada and California have reinstituted reinstituted mask mandates and the CDC has now issued recommendations for vaccinated people to wear masks indoors when in close proximity to others. What are your thoughts on how quickly mask mandates were lifted? Did we move too quickly? Do you see a need to reinstitute total mask mandates? James. James. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I believe that uh, uh, those two states needed to do that because currently someone had to try to get this under control. I'm not uh, saying that uh, that's right or wrong, uh, but uh, if we don't know who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated and we we just uh, roaming and and I believe that uh, when we gather and no one knows this or that, until we have a proven system, if that's what you believe, that you need to know who you're communicating with, um, whether they're vaccinated or not, I believe that uh, each state had to govern that themselves. Uh, whether you believe that uh, vaccination is right or whether you believe that mass, the math policy are right, I still believe that there have to be some type of governing effect that shows people and in situations, in restaurants, airplanes, or wherever that you're at, if this is the law, we need to know who's, who's vaccinated and who's not. Again, I'm not going to tell people to go out there and get vaccinated or do what they have to do because that's on them. Everybody is responsible for their own actions. And so, uh, but I tell you, we're going to take another break, but we're going to come back and we're going to finish uh, discussing this COVID virus case rising. We'll be back shortly. It's your life from James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll tell you, we're talking hot topics tonight, and we got three main topics. But right now, we're still on topic number one, and we might be there for a little bit because it's such a great topic. And and uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Keisha, um, what is your opinion about states like Nevada and California having reinstituted mass mandates? What are your thoughts on how quickly mass mandates were lifted? Did we move quickly? And do you see a need to reinstitute total mass mandates? Um, I think that it's a situation-by-situation basis. Um, you know, every population is different. Every city, every city situation is different. And um, depending on how many people you have in close proximity, depending on how many people may be carriers and asymptomatic, depending on how many people may be sick and, you know, may think that they're over the over the virus and, and still have it. Um, I think that because COVID did not miraculously disappear, just because the vaccines were rolled out. The vaccines were not created in order to prevent you from getting COVID. The vaccines were created and developed so that you would not be likely to be as sick or to end up on a ventilator if you were to contract it. It was designed to minimize the effect of the disease. And so I think that people misunderstood what the purpose is and mass mandates had to be reinstituted because we stopped social distancing. We stopped washing our hands. We stopped being cautious. And so if you stop being cautious, then we have to go back into doing something to protect people. And that, that's my case. If, if, if people understood what we're really trying to do and the fact that this is still here and that you can still get sick from it, then it, you wouldn't have to mandate it. Thank you, Keisha. What is your opinion, Josh, on that question? Look, I wish we weren't discussing this tonight. You know, the pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic, it's all I hear, you know, and, you know, we should be talking about, you know, the the rise of diabetes, you know, the the increase in cancer rates going on. There are so many, so many elevated things that, that, that are alarm bells going off all over the world. And we're dealing with the global pandemic. 
she, you know, she, is the government controlling, saying, oh, there's mandates going on? I'm mad about that. I'm, I'm so mad. I walk into Apple, they go, get your mask. Well, guess what? I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for other people. I want other people to be, to, I want us to get through this together. And by the way, this no, the government, this is America, the government, we are the government, we the people. So we are doing this. And I believe in spirituality mixed in with this. And we, we, you know, and if, you, if you mix spirituality in, guess what? This is a collective consciousness. There's one consciousness, one love. You know? and, and, and we're trying to you know, kind of overcome this together. And uh, you know, that's, that's the way I feel. You know? uh, it's definitely uh, needed. And science-wise, if, if you look at it, yes, we, 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 need, to, we need to mask up and, and protect our elderly, protect, protect the people that... that uh, that don't have a uh, higher immune systems and and so we can work together and focus uh, on bigger and better. Thank you, Josh. Noah, what are your thoughts? You can do a lot of common sense stuff like obviously if you know there's large crowds around and you want to make sure people are safe, you can give people their space, you can do the things that we weren't doing before the pandemic, which is wash your hands all the time, not touch your face. I think actually one thing the pandemic has done is taught us to be more aware of those things. But as far as masking up and being mandated to do that, I am totally against that. Again, I am all about individual choice and freedom, and it is nobody's job, especially the government, to tell me that I have to do that. I'm sorry, America has never been about that. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I won't wear a mask, but it is nobody's job to tell me to do that. That should be something that I decide for myself. And if I have other ways to try and keep myself safe and my loved ones safe, then I'm going to do that as well. Thank you, Noah. Kenny, what are your thoughts on that question? Well, again, no two things are mutually exclusive. And so I'm going to change my answer to the first question you asked. The biggest threat to the pandemic getting worse is not the people who are unvaccinated. It's misinformation. That's the biggest threat. And so, you know, people make arguments like how do you when you hear someone describe themselves as liberal or conservative, unfortunately, you can almost predict what they're going to say. So, for example, when I hear someone say there's certain people that are not being tested in the numbers or people being tested and then they're not being tested again, I want to say, how do you know that? Like, where does that come from? That comes from someone spewing that information. Um, and, and when we talk about things like choice and what America has been, well, you know, if I'm a grown-up with a little kid and I know better than my little kid, sometimes they go, when? And I go, you better do it, right? So no one's arguing about choice when it comes to seatbelts. It saves our lives. It's the law, the numbers, the facts dictated. No one's arguing about the fact that you have to have insurance I mean, they argue about it with Obamacare, but you, we've always had to have car insurance and home insurance and things of that nature because it, it protects us financially. I mean, no one argues about other things that you have to get done when it protects us. So it becomes sort of cultish, I believe. So typically in life, when we want to academically come up with something, we may have an, a hypothesis, and then we look for facts. And if those facts don't support that hypothesis, i.e. opinion, we have to back off of that because we don't find the data to support it. Unfortunately, so many times today, especially in this hot political environment, people have hypotheses and then they just have this confirmation bias. They only look for things that support what they already believe. And so I think that's a big problem for us. Um, And so, you know, you look at, for example, Israel. What's happened in Israel? Basically, 100% of the population is vaccinated because there's no one saying, oh, I don't like Netanyahu or who he's running against. They're saying this is the science and this is what we do, and they pretty much licked it. Why, I, I kind of disagree with what Keisha said on a case-by-case basis because if a ZPAC fixes it in Colorado, a ZPAC fixes it in Maine as well. And the problem is not just people who are in that area. We mix. We're in and out, in and out. And so if we find a solution to keep us well, it would be mindful not to, for everyone to do it. I happen to be a unicorn, which is an African-American Republican for the last 20, 30 years. I don't identify with the, with the, with the party anymore because I think it's gone off the rails. But with that said, in the beginning of the pandemic, I took a while to get the vaccine. You know, as an African-American man, I have ghosts of Tuskegee in my mind. And there are all kinds of reasons to not want to get it. And as a result, usually when my children, and I know my two minutes are up, I'm going to wrap it real quick. 
I have two grown children, 21 and 29. Most of my life, most of their lives, I've been able to give them an affirmative answer. But when they both came to me and asked what they should do, I said, I don't know. I don't have enough information. Let's talk through it. Do what you're going to do. My son got it. I got it. My daughter just got her first shot today because I didn't really tell them with confidence which way to go. So it's a complicated issue. Hey, hey, Kenny, I I, I want to uh, commend you, man, because uh, I'm the type of guy. I'm never going to tell somebody what they need to do uh, because I have to think things out myself. I have to make decisions, even my wife. I mean, I'm not going to say you need to do this or you need to do that. But I, I will say, based on my understanding, based on what I believe, this is what I would do. This is what I'm going to do. And I have, I have to commend you, even with your kids, that you did not direct them, uh, but they grown. I mean, they said, hey, you need to do these type of things. I believe that every last one of you guys uh, answers or responses to topic number one was on point. And, uh, Josh, I, I got to agree with you. I'm mad, too, uh, because we need to be talking about other things uh, that uh, that are important. But this is important. Otherwise, if we don't get this under control, Keisha, you, you're always on point. So I, I just want to uh, thank you guys. But we got to move on to the next. And Noah, you know you my guy, man. And I know that vein popping up, man, because I mean, you my guy. <laughs> and everybody's opinion is valued. Uh, and But we got to move on to the next topic. Michelle, can you introduce this topic? Uh, and we can get it started before the break. Yes. Topic two is the great race debate. According to a new Gallup poll for the second consecutive year, U.S. adults positive ratings of relations between black and white Americans are at their lowest point in more than two decades of measurement. Currently, 42 percent of Americans say relations between the two groups are very or somewhat good, while 57 percent say they are somewhat or very bad. Question one, there are some people who say we have moved into a post-racial society in the United States. Given our current climate, what are your thoughts on this, James? Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. This is how I feel. Uh, I believe that uh, American society over the last uh, 15 years or has set, we we don't set the race relationship back. And I, I, I blame this on the media. And I'm gonna be honest with you, the media, uh, whatever side of the the rail or whatever you own, that's what you portray to be right, and that's what you portray to be wrong. And uh, the American people, just like I always talk about this theory, eighty-seven ten three, eighty-seven percent of the population will do anything that you tell them to do. Ten percent gonna think about it. Three percent uh, go by what we call the golden rule. Whoever had a gold rule. Uh, so. Uh, when when the media is part of the three percent because they got the they they function with the golden rule and whatever side that they're on and the populace the population they're gonna follow whatever they believe in and I just think that's wrong and I think that has set race relationships back. I believe that we need to come uh, together as love love. Uh, I'm a Christian. And and I believe that uh, I don't see black, white, pink, gold or purple or religion. I believe that we need to see people as they are in the light, the light form. And uh, we need to start learning to love each other and get off that partisan stuff, get off that black and white stuff, get off all of these these type of things. And uh, I started it off. We're going to take a station break. I know my blood pressure rising a little bit, but we're going to come back and we're going to give our panel an opportunity to let us know what their thoughts are. It's your life from James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity 
community of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I, I tell you, hot topics, uh, I listen to it. This only happens once a month uh, where, you know, I might have a vein pop up in my head. My producer. Uh, you and I are one. twins then, James. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? It's, it's so fascinating, Noah, that we're able to uh, give our opinion, uh, regardless of whether uh, we're right or wrong. It's just what we think. And uh, we're not influencing anybody else to think that way. We're just saying what we think. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, and often sometimes we can have these discussions and we can learn one another. That might be a piece of information that we didn't have that gets us to think in a little bit different way. I mean, that's kind of the point as well. And that's what it's all about on, on Hot Topics. And that's why, you know, Michelle, I tell you, uh, she she the producer, director of this segment once a month. And I just love how she put these things together, Noah. Yeah, she does a great job. There's some great, you know, obviously we're not going to be able to get through as much as we would like, but this, this is really uh, stuff that is important for us to think about. Yeah, no, you mentioned that we might have had a caller on. Or yeah, we, we have a caller that's on the last topic, but, you know, we definitely want to hear what the audience thinks. We have Terry from San Diego, and she wants to get back to the COVID discussion, which what she thinks is the greatest threat. Let's, let's, let's talk about it, Terry. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you so very much for taking my call. I am an African-American female veteran. I've been in America all my life. I am a descendant of a Cuban, Afro-Cuban uh, population. I'm a second generation born here. And I can tell you that we are in the greatest country in the world. But I am so troubled after 40 years of being a uh, Democrat. I just kind of switch sides because I was not agreeing with so many migrants coming in from around the world, but possibly COVID. That's what I'm most afraid of. Um, I am very isolated. I keep to myself, use common sense, wash my hands and wear my mask, work from home now. And um, so I'm getting ready to retire soon. But this is a great country, and we need to treat it as such. And I don't want to hear African-Americans saying they're so oppressed and they're so misunderstood or they're, you know, they're, everybody's against them. Use common sense and be on the side of right. And common sense and your heart, use both. Sure, we can have compassion. Yes, we can have compassion for those that are having a hard time and let them come into the country. But we need to make sure that we as Americans are safe first. First, first and foremost, that's really all I wanted to say. Hey, Terry, I totally agree with you. <laughs> uh, we have to make sure uh, that we're safe first. And, but we also have to make sure that uh, you mentioned the term common sense. That yes. is so important uh, because yes. a lot of people don't think about anything. They just do it. It's reaction. Uh, they, yes. they just do it. We have to use common sense on everything that we do. We have everything. to think it out. It's not a black everything. or white thing. It's everything. So, Terry, yes, thank sir. you so yes. much for your comments. You have a wonderful evening now, and thank you again. Thank you. Noah, um, there are, uh, first question, there are some people who say that we have moved into post-racial society in the United States, given our current climate. What are your thoughts on this? 
Well, I'm with James. James and I have a lot of off, uh, off-air discussions, and, and I agree with him. I look at people as human beings. I don't see color. I don't see race. We're all part of the human race. It is up to us to make sure that we get along and that we love one another and that we help one another. That, that's the bottom line. And I think America has moved into a post-racial society. Also, I agree with James. The biggest thing that has set us back at all would be the mainstream media, things that you see on TV that would get us to believe it's any different. I'm out there in society a lot, and you know what? And I see so many people of so many different ethnic backgrounds, and they and they get along, and they help one another, and we're always striving to be better together. And so I really think that we have come a long way. I don't think you're going to say that or I'm not going to say that America is a racist country. You're going to see it pop up, I think, just about everywhere because there's always going to be bad people all around the globe. But America has moved into that post-racial uh, society. Thanks, Noah. Kenny, hate crimes against Asian Americans <laughs> increase substantially in the wake of COVID-19, with some attributing the increase to political statements by officials, misinformation, the rise of hate speech. What role do hate groups play in racial issues we're facing, or is it more of a widespread issue? I apologize. I was laughing. I was unmuted when you were asking that question because I thought you were going to ask something about the post-racial society, but they all go together, so forgive me. No two things mutually exclusive. I believe that I read a book a long time ago that's called Wherever You Go, There You Are. It means that if Joshua grows up in neighborhood A, Kenny grows up in neighborhood B and Keisha grows up in neighborhood C and you ask us all the same question, we're going to answer it based on what we're exposed to and what we see. We see the world through our eyes and what we, how we were formed and, and, and what, what, what indicated who we are. So with that said, when a person says we're in a post-racial society, they grew up in neighborhood B and really have no experience in B, C, D, E, and F, which exists, and it's a fact. I think it's honestly a preposterous notion to believe that we live in a post-racial society. So I think the two questions go together. With that said, people don't read, people don't think anymore, um, and uh, again, it's confirmation bias. I'm a little bit of a a unicorn, eclectic. Um, I'm a black Republican with a bunch of Jewish friends who believes Farrakhan says a lot of good things, and I have a heart for people. Where does that fit? It doesn't fit anywhere, right? Um, and so, you know, how do I think about that? So it's it's about people being broken. America, people all over the world are broken. You know that song that our grandmother sang to us in African American church, "Amazing Grace." God save the wretch like me. We're all just broken individuals trying to be better, get to the next day. And so I think the issue is at the top. If poor black folks and poor white folks came together and understood that they had a lot more in common, we'd be so much better off. It's the people at the top that divide us. It's not the media. It's the people at the top with the money. We have more of an economic problem than we have a race problem. Let's talk about symptoms versus a sickness. If I sneeze or cough or my eyes are running, those are symptoms of the virus I have. America already had a virus called racism. Donald Trump didn't shake. Donald Trump just took like, you know those little Christmas globes that you shake them up and it looks like snow? Donald Trump just took it and shook it up. And so we can all see it better now. So in some ways, I think he was the best thing that ever happened to us because he's made us pay attention to it a lot more now. He's brought what was bubbling beneath the surface just because people aren't out hanging folks from trees and dragging them from cars anymore doesn't mean we're in a post-racial society. It's much more covert than it is overt. But with that being the case, I'm going to end with this. Um, I saw a cartoon recently where there were three people at a table. It looked like a young Caucasian-American, a young Mexican or Latino-American, and an older Caucasian white man. The older man had a plate full of cookies in front of him. The young white man had a plate with one cookie on it, and the young Mexican guy had no cookies. And the older, rich white gentleman was looking at the younger white gentleman and said, you better watch out, he's going to want your cookie, right? So it's about the people up here shaking us all up. If poor black people and poor white people came together, they realize they have a lot more in common. 
Wow. Hey, Kenny, uh, just like I mentioned about my uh, 87-10-3 theory a few minutes ago, uh, the golden rule, whoever had a gold rules, and um, the way that you just put that, eloquently put that, uh, you just follow a suit on that because the money, and I, I, we hate to say it, but the, whoever had the money, whoever's in control, controlled the other 97% of the world. And... Um, Thank you so much. I tell you, we're running out of time. Uh, but um, uh, Keisha and Josh, uh, we got 30 seconds apiece for you guys. What is one, uh, we're going to start with you, Keisha, real quickly, uh, 30 seconds less. What is one thing that you want to leave our listening audience um, what, what that, that, uh, from this conversation today? I think the one thing that I want to leave people with and, and that I always try to, to, to leave people with is you have to be educated. You have to be informed. And that does not mean only seeking out the sources that confirm what you already believe, what you already think. You have to go beyond what you think you know to really delve deep and get the answers for yourself. You can't, you can't fall on rhetoric. And there's too much rhetoric and not enough thoughtful conversation and not enough education. And so if I was to leave you with one thing, whatever your opinion is, do some research from reputable sources to actually find out what's the truth of that. You cannot go based just on your opinion and, and see that as being the end all be all. It doesn't hey, work real, that way. Real quickly, Josh, uh, 30 seconds, because we got a, uh, about a minute. Well, I'm just going to continue with, like, with the great the great race debate and then that one question. Just going to going to mention uh, America is, is is probably the most racist country on the planet, uh, and and we have a long way to go. Uh, you know, I, I am just discovering something called white privilege, which I was even unaware of uh, growing up, even though I had a diverse mix of friends uh, growing up. Uh, but, but, but you're treated differently as, as somebody with white skin. And we have to understand and accept the cultural differences and embrace each other and come together in order to overcome this. So wow. I, I want to thank skin. each and every last one of you guys for taking the time to be on the show. I would love to have each one of you back on the show. I love this panel. Thank you, Keisha, Josh, Kenny. I'd like to thank my great co-host, Michelle Cool. I'd like to thank my great producer, uh, Noah. I'd like to thank most important our listening audience and i tell you we'll be back tomorrow same time same place with it's your life i'm james coley tune in and i can't wait until next month to have to thanks for joining us for it's your life with james coley to learn more about james how you can support the show or become a guest visit cooleyfoundation.org join james weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow this has been the james coley show it's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.